Hello, welcome to the Mildly Forge Boomer Show podcast. Uh, I'm Nero, aka Oren Forge. I'm joined by Hassan, aka Mildly Creative. Hello. And I'm also joined by Matthew, aka Big Boomer. His uh, internet kind of poo poo, because Virgin Media kind of cringe. And we're joined by Jake Hodgkiss, aka Vulcan. Hello. And they're basically all going to be permanent members of the podcast now, because I can't be bothered putting with certain people in the title anymore, because that's effort. Anyway. I mean, hey, we just have the better boomer now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Easy. The great replacement. Whatever those weird right-wing people in America keep saying. Yeah, 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 guys. Because because there is a plan to replace everybody in every country with immigrants, because, you know, that's how population numbers work. Yeah, exactly. For sure. (laughs) <laughs> I'm, but, am uh, I gonna die? You're getting replaced by people like me, Jake. Dangerous yeah. foreigners. <laughs> wait, wait. Does that mean you're gonna do my job for me? That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh god. I Sorry. mean, uh, we get into like the great replacement stuff. We got into like ethnic cleansing and stuff, and it gets just really yeah. messy. It's yeah. not a nice topic. To not discuss. a nice topic to talk about. But anyway, um, getting on to the actual stuff we were talking about. Uh, I put. This is the most stupidest thing I've ever put for a podcast. Uh, it's J.R.R. Tolkien's genius. Uh, the Tory U-turn, trickle-up economics, barristers on strike, and Overwatch 2. So, uh, yeah. Barristers now? Yeah, everyone's on strike, you know? You never know. Be... It's the... Let's not talk about how bad trains are to get currently, yeah. man. Holy but shit. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about Liz Truss's amazing speech later and how she talked about this uh, anti-growth coalition uh, consisting of Labour, the Lib Dems, SNP, and the militant unions, because, you know, unions are very militant, apparently. Uh, but, uh, I don't know, starting off with Can a nice... Can we also talk about Nicola Sturgeon calling the stories, like, disgusting or whatever? Hell like, yeah, that's uh, based that's anyway. <laughs> what the hell? Like, there's nothing wrong with that, that's just based in Redfield. But, like, anyway, uh, starting off with a nice, lighter topic, uh, J.R.R.R. Tolkien's genius, my take is basically, I'd make the argument that the majority of modern fantasy is because of Tolkien, or, like, interpretations of what you've written. Uh, I know. We'll see. I'm opening up the floor now. <laughs> Modern high fantasy, yes. Yes, that's pretty Absolutely. much what I'm saying. He laid the he laid the groundwork for it, right? Yeah. I wouldn't say it's entirely based off this because we've seen plenty of different interpretations of many different things. Yeah, half Harry Potter. Yep. Which, while I'm not saying it's amazing or even comparatively good or anything, but mm. it's a very different style of high fantasy stuff right yeah although you could argue that's more it's more modern fantasy but yeah yeah that's when I mean, we get into yeah. definitions and it doesn't really matter fantasy is fantasy right yeah i mean like the modern interpretation of orcs is pretty much because of tolkien and you know like the urukai and like the Olugs, which are the, the trolls pretty much like basis for modern san- fantasy i'd argue to a degree fantasy yeah? yeah um we've seen like uh I think I think Japan takes like the whole orcs are like pig people yeah. vibe for it, whereas and then we have D and D, which is another mainly Western fantasy concept that takes yeah. orcs as just people, really. Yeah, they're just another group of people. Which uh, are, do you not remember that time where some absolutely base journalist uh, said orcs were a racist caricature of black people? Oh yeah, not yeah, yeah. Because yeah, oh black people is yes, racist. <laughs> Oh, so moronic, aren't they? Honestly, baffles me that people have yeah. that small of a brain. Yeah, I mean, just to suggest that says racist as fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like even making that comparison, you are a racist, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh. precisely the point, and uh, it's dumb to make that interpretation. That, but you know. I mean, but, but the point being completely aside that, you know, there are plenty of other, like, really cool black characters in D&D, yeah, or just yeah. in general, right? I mean, like, I, yeah. you know, different races are a thing. Mm. Like, as in, like, literally, you can argue, like, there's races that are xenophobic, but if we're talking, yeah. like, by, by definition, they're not racist. Speaking of which, I've been... I just remembered Hass about that uh, fantasy project I was doing, so I'm hoping to turn it into like a DD campaign someday, like as a setting. Oh, but, like, oh well, uh, the Born Empire is being very like, hard. 
the Born Empire being like supremacists that believe the elves are their ancestors and shit. Yeah, I can't wait to turn that into a setting. But like, oh god. Well, you you probably end up with like a lot of like. Uh, yeah. Like I think politically, you'll have a lot of people really giving a shit about bloodlines with that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Which would like, be cool. We, saw, we see that in Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah. With the you know Elrond and uh, you know what's her face. Aragorn and Numenor. I forgot yeah. her name. Like um. It's the whole with the uh, Tolkien focus a lot more on elves being like inhuman and ethereal kind of thing. Yeah, high yeah. elves at the very least. Like, what elves less so, obviously, mm. right? But yeah, that glass is meant to be like a foil to them in that kind of way, right? Because mm. it's like uh, it's the whole Middle Earth is in that process where a lot of like fantasy creatures are leaving it. Yeah, it's becoming less magical, right? Mm. It's transitioning like, to the age of men. Yeah. And coming from, like, you know, he was someone who fought in the wars, it's hard to not see some influence from that, mm. right? Yeah. Like, because I think, uh, you know, like, just, the te- like, with the amount of new technology at that time, mm. it just ca- it's just kind of solidifying that point that, like, as a species, pretty much nothing's going to beat us at this point, right? Yeah. Unless and something, yeah. like, diseases aside, right? There's no, like sentient organism really or like an animal that would be able to beat us in the like typical sense mm. and when you look at like uh you know like uh isengard and mordor with like the whole industrialization thing it kind of talks shows like tolkien growing up in like uh warwickshire and seeing it you know the countryside disappearing which is the shire and then it, it you know gets industrialized like there's that the last chapter at the end of lord of the rings about the shire which isn't in the films obviously but like that, that yeah, because they, uh, they kill off they kill off Saruman, Saruman yeah. early. Because uh, what's supposed to happen is right, he's take he's kind of taken over the Shire while they've been busy with all their pomp and ceremony, basically. Yeah. That's essentially what happened. They 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 were all busy doing their own thing that they forgot about the reason they went on their trip. Mm. Well, the Hobbit yeah. anyway, right? It was mainly to protect the Shire from. At the time, it would like they didn't know, but now they obviously know the the horsemen or the riders were the nine, the ring, wraiths, the yeah, ring. yeah, the, the wraith. yeah. And oh my God, like, yeah, it's, it's as well the fact that like Tolkien came out with all the languages for Lord of the Rings, like from scratch, or like took inspiration and like he took a lot yeah. of imp- inspiration from like Welsh and like Celtic languages. Yeah, and it's the fact that we're seeing that in other mediums of fantasy as well, like people taking the inspiration for that it's incredible and i i love it it's just i mean yeah. um if we're going off fantasy stereotypes a lot of them just decide that dwarves are just german because <laughs> yeah. of their like focus on technical expertise and engineering right mm, yeah or industry like, of, yeah yeah a lot of people like to tie in languages to these tropes right mm, yeah and it's, it's uh... <laughs> It's something. And then, you know, people from the uh, desert kingdoms are always, like, Arabian for some reason. <laughs> I don't take exception to that, really, because it is interesting, like, mm. people's interpretations of the myths of those yeah. cultures. But it, it's still annoying, right? Mm. To have stereotypes of that variety. Yeah. And, um, but, yeah. like, we have been moving away from that quite a bit. But, like, I don't think it's a good idea to completely disregard stereotypes. Yeah. Like, if you, with a story, just from my experience, you foc- if you focus too much on making it unique rather than making it good, you're going to end up with several problems with your writing. Yeah. I won't comment. I don't really know or care about Tolkien. So. <laughs> oh, it's all good, honestly. I mean, you've got some sort of experience with fantasy in general, right, Matt? Yeah. Some. Yeah, but like, um, what level are we talking here? Mm, not much, but some. <laughs> yeah. Fair, fair. Like, again, it's not an idea. Well, it's not everyone's genre, genre. yeah. He's a, now, um, he's I'm a... weird in that I'll read pretty much anything to, like, romance, fantasy, he's obviously, whatever, sci-fi. He's obviously okay. a genius author, and he made a hell of a franchise. I just mm. don't, not my kind of thing, Lord of the Rings, I don't know. Well, yeah, I've well, I get that, though, one. yeah. It's, yeah, I mean, it's to nice. be fair, it's not like he published his writings himself, though. It was his grandchildren or was yeah. his children, yeah. right? Because, like, um, he never actually finished any of his work. Mm. 
Mm. Like, um, you can count like the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit, quote unquote, finished. But it's like he wasn't like he, he wasn't was writing a sequel to universe. Lord of the Rings at one point, but he never finished it. And he was writing like hundreds of like prequel supplementary material. Yeah. But yeah, it's just yeah, I know. Uh yeah, I know. I I just pretty much my whole point is mo- most of modern fantasy, like hell, even Skyrim and stuff, is basically follows the basis of J.R.R. Tolkien's like work. Basically, that's my argument. But uh, it seems everyone agrees here or doesn't have an opinion on it. So and I could move on. I yeah. guess. Yeah. He definitely heavily influenced the genre. Yeah. Um, like, it wouldn't be exactly what it is without his writings, basically. Well, what was the first major fantasy thing? It probably would have been, like, Lord of the Rings, the books, and stuff like that. So. Yeah. I mean, we had, like, collective myths, like, legends and stuff, like, you know, yeah. the Legend of King Arthur, and just, like, Celtic monsters and, like, banshees and stuff like that, right? Mm. But I don't think someone had, like... Pr- like collected all those like cultural phenomena I'd say they were and like collated them and created their own thing through them mm. Yeah, I think like while I'm unsure if it was actually the first example of that but it's one of the first and it's by far the most well known of someone doing that yeah uh, right I guess we can end that uh, can't wait to talk about politics while I hate myself so much <clears throat> Uh, yeah. Tori U-turn, trickle up economics, embarrasses on strike. It's pretty much self-explanatory, and, uh, Tory party conference was, like, this week. Well, oh let's go God. for it one by one, because I don't really yeah. keep a track of this thing myself, uh, like, clearly. I usually yeah. just get my news from politics, from, like, news highlights and stuff. So. Yeah. Let's go so, for it one by one. <laughs> yeah. So, basically, the premise is the Tories have done a U-turn on their budget. They undid the 45 pence, uh, part of their budget because you know there's some outcry from the Tory party and like to basically she did it to appease the conference at conference she did a nice little speech where she called basically anyone to the left of her position in quasi Quatang as a an anti-growth coalition so uh yeah take away from that what you will oh yeah i remember actually seeing this so yeah. there were calls there were calls for unity right yeah. Among the Tories, right? Because mm. they're obviously most of them are not very happy with what Liz Truss and her cabinet's been doing. Every everyone who was calling for unity were people from her cabinet. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, her own little clique of like yeah. right wing libertarian yeah. economics people. Pretty it was much. Yeah, literally nobody outside of her faction. Yeah, and then she called everyone out for being anti-growth. Like hell, even Rishi Sunak is in that. So, yeah. Which is fucking hilarious once yeah. you realize it's so very, very similar to trust. Like, in fact, they're pretty much identical, to be honest. Yeah. And I, I just think it, they're it's just obvious. committing political suicide at this rate. It does seem like it. I mean, hey, everyone's gone for it. Literally, this is probably the weakest government we've had in a while, which is saying something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyone well, else's take on this? I'm curious. Bunch of dumb fucks, stupid, idiotic, uh, whatever. <laughs> Tories being Tories for you. Oh, when, was the... when was the last time you'd say we had a, a really strong government that got a lot of stuff done? Fucking nineties, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty. No, I wouldn't even say 2010. 2010 was uh, awful. It era. was the best government we've had in a in the last ten years, but it's uh, in the last twenty years. However. It wasn't good. Yeah. I mean, I'd still argue New Labour, considering they actually got stuff on education done. You know, saying things like education, education, education actually meant something. Like, actually delivering on something. But we're reaching a point in politics where motto's and slogans actually mean nothing. I'd got education for ages. Honestly, public schools are complete garbage and teach you zero life skills. Mm. I don't know. Meant something at the time, I guess. If you know what I mean. I mean, even saying New Labour, New Brent actually meant something at one point. You know. It's it's just, um, the status quo has just become really stale now. No yeah. one's willing to even attempt to make any change. Yeah. But, you know, just the usual <clears throat> uh, promises they will never deliver on. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I know. Mm. 
we've seen uh, what this Tory government thinks of uh, the government, you know, trickle down economics. So uh, I put the proposal of a trickle down, a trickle up economics. My bad, I'm getting it all mixed up. But oh, the whole God. premise of that is basically we should help the people at the bottom of our society by giving them money, you know, through welfare and all that. So, you know, they can actually contribute to the economy and uh, actually uh, keep things afloat. But, you know, the Tories want to do the opposite of that. I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory at this rate. Yeah. Seems like they just want to give the rich more money. Yeah, at this point. it's just moronic at this rate. Just constant tax cuts for them. And the opposite for the normal person. Yeah. Which is not uh, the, the way like... to actually empower people of a lower economic standing. That's not yeah. how that works. It's why you need that... to give money to, you know, the the working classes and the underclass. It's the whole, it's the whole like, um, teach a man to fish thing, right? Yeah. Just giving people money isn't going to help them get out of a slump. Yeah. Mm. You need to give them direction yeah. with that, how to use that money. Yeah, pretty much. I agree with that. It's you gotta yeah. teach them how to get themselves out of it, right? Yeah. Because, like, um, sure, in an ideal world, we'd give everybody a living wage and everything would cost, like, you know, a reasonable amount, but, like, yeah. no one would agree to that. Mm. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. I always see the problem with this is, is that if you're trapped in a... like, a big loop, if if you give people more money... Uh, then the prices of items at shops are just going to go up. Mm. Uh, because it's going to cost more to distribute it, it's going to cost more to produce it, it's just all the prices go up, because you've got to understand that when you get more money, oh great, but the people who are distributing your goods, the people who are importing it and all that sort of stuff, all of that goes up in conjunction, so you're still at a loss. Mm. And that's not adding like currency conversions and stuff, right? Because yeah, exactly, not everyone's yeah. money is worth the same amount as other people's money, right? Mm. Yeah. yeah. So, like, um, would you say like a universal currency would be a good idea for that thing? We just adhere to a singular currency and just go from there, right? I thought it's kind of what crypto was supposed to be, wasn't it? It's what it's is it, uh, the euro was an attempt at that as well, right? Mm. Yeah. A universal currency that everyone could like adhere to. Mm. But like, you know, like, and I think we did sign on for that initially, I believe. And then we bailed we out of it. backed out, yeah. Of course we did. We like pretending we're not part of Europe because we're an island or whatever the hell. The stupid excuse we come up with at this rate. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if you heard yeah, about yeah. this next thing. Have you heard about the barristers on strike? It doesn't surprise me at this rate. Sure, I've, heard about... I've heard about the nurses going on strike, and I'm not I've surprised. I've heard about the uh, transport workers. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> you know, as, as someone who has a law background or whatever, whatever excuse to come up with this, right? Uh, basically, what happened is uh, the barristers are on strike because they're not getting paid enough, and the government has a thing for, let's say, if you're a barrister and you take up a case in relation to immigration law, you're somehow labeled as a lefty lawyer for defending uh, immigrant, you know, asylum seekers or whatever. So, you know, this issue doesn't surprise me. This is another group the Tories are just attacking again, literally. So. It's like, it's very 50 50 with a lot of it. There's, um, yeah. I have a very controversial opinion on a, on a few of these things because mm. I have a good mate who is um, a railway engineer mm. um, and he he's part of RMT, RMT mm. and other ones that are striking. Now, the train drivers are not striking because they're part of a completely different union. However, mm. the RMT lot, uh, mainly the engineers and all that sort of side of stuff, you know, rail workers. And... But he... he... <laughs> Pretty much, once they come out of an apprenticeship, their basic wage are like is like fifty grand a year. Yeah. After two years, um, which is ridiculously high. And whenever I speak to him, he's always like, "Oh yeah, what, what did you do today? Oh, I sat watching Netflix. There's been no trains in for like the past four <laughs> weeks. He hasn't done anything. They just change like an, an air filter every now and again." And then he's always saying, "Oh, we're on strike next week." I'm like, "But you don't deserve it." This is the point. RMT and the people within it are already paid too much for the work they do. It's in my opinion, um, mm. it's a, mm. it's it's a very weird thing. I understand they. Um, it's more to do with the fact that 
the government doesn't set their wage. It will be yeah. the uh, the, companies the companies they work for, yeah. the, yeah, the private companies. So whereas Northern might get paid well, some of them won't. So fair enough. Mm. Um, however, uh, I can understand the point of striking because of, like the train profits, like the companies that run the trains, their profits have been skyrocketing, whereas their wage has stayed the same for multiple years. And the quality years. of service is non-existent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. That sort of stuff. Is fair enough, but I mean, in terms of the money they're getting, they're getting more than enough. It's um, nurses not distributing thing. it correctly, basically. Not distributing yeah. it correctly, of course, yeah. Um, that's fair enough. Um, nurses really depends. I know some nurses that get paid a hell of a lot of money, some that don't. They should get paid more than railway engineers and railway oh, yeah. workers. And in that case, are they like hospital by hospital, or is it all just decided? I remember the junior doctor strikes. Uh, this was in high school or college, I think. And um, yeah, it was basically a select group within Unison picking which group should go on strike, pretty much. Uh, that's how it works in Unison yeah. specifically. Which is, uh, yeah. It's a unusual. weird one with our pay as well, because yeah. stuff like nurses in like emergency wards and on ICUs and A&E, all that sort of stuff, is fair play. Yeah. But, I mean, you ever go to like a, an ear, nose and throat unit or something, where you'll mm. see the nurses walking around. I saw one sitting on a desk drinking a cup of tea, and while we were waiting two hours for our appointment, two hours late, bearing in mind, mm. and all she had to do was stand up, take the folder into the doctor's office... And then when she actually went in there, she stood having a chat with him for another half an hour. It's people like that that don't deserve the pay rise. So it's just, it's it's a very weird one. Yeah, I get you. But like, yeah, I remember my parents, because they're both nurses, talking about the junior doctor strikes. And uh, guess where all the junior doctors are now? Doctors? Oh, ju- junior doctors, yeah. Yeah, junior they're doctors. They're not here anymore. Got... They're, they're in Australia. Oh. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. Off, yeah. yeah, exactly. They're not, they don't want to work for the NHS. You know, if they're just going to be treated like absolute garbage. So, what you know, why yeah. work here? Just go to Australia. And the wages are probably a lot higher in Australia. Exactly. Because uh, like, I think I think moved there any... for a year, and uh, my my parents obviously working for like uh, what was it Royal Melbourne Hospital. Uh, they got paid way more than under NHS payroll. It's ridiculous. Like because it's all private there as well. Yeah, they're um. It's it's in Australia. It's strange. They value you. You probably even find stuff like uh, retail workers and uh, bin men that are actually paid a lot more than even our nurses and stuff are, because yeah. they actually value the work that people don't want to do. Mm. So like the the difference in wage between a doctor over there and a bin man over there is yeah not actually as high as you would think. Supply and demand issue, right, to some degree. If mm. there's less of people wanting to do a job, right, um, higher the pay goes. Like, yeah. In, yeah. like in theory a little bit, right? You have to incentivize but like, and There are a lot of yeah. people who want to work in the healthcare industry, right? I mean, mm. hell, have you ever been to medical school? You Like, those <laughs> courses fill up, like, instantly, dude. Yeah. If you're yeah, applying for a university or something, yeah. compared to, like, other... Like things, because like mm. I can pretty much go into any like any university's English course unless they have like a specific your grades must be like top ten or something, right? Because mm. like it's not an issue with spacing; it's more of an issue of like where you'd like to go. Yeah. Whereas yeah. people in a medical, unless they're like super quick on their application, mm. they're not gonna like. They, they can't be as picky with it, basically. Mm. Yeah, it's it's a. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It, yeah, it, it's a strange one with pay, especially in this country. It's like, mm. you know, you're sat in like a warehouse all day, and Jake can uh, attest to this, mm. and you're getting paid like the bare minimum you can be yeah. to do a job that no one wants to do because it's just back-breaking, tiring, boring. Mm. <laughs> in fact, you should probably get paid a bit You should probably get paid for more for those jobs. Because no one wants to do it. Yeah. Um, I've heard from someone who actually moved to Australia. And it was mm. something like the equivalent of like 15, 16 pound an hour. To work at yeah. a warehouse in Australia. Also, you got to think of just quality of life in Australia. 
It's really good. It's awful. I don't mind. I went awful because of all the spiders. Well, yeah, I don't like the bugs. Yeah. Think how much better living. Sony Australia. While the standard of living is higher in Australia, the cost of living is just as high. Yeah. Nah, it's well, this trade-off. It's uh, the same for places like Canada. You need you need to have like, a certain criteria to be met to migrate into certain countries. I think Canada wants something like for like two hundred thousand pound in savings that you can prove that you move into the country with. Yeah. And, same like, with no... Australia. You have to prove to get in that you have already have some form of employment before entering on a work visa. Pretty yeah. much, it's the same. Mm. Uh, and then and, there's uh... a threshold for income as well. Same thing as Canada. Because my parents wanted to move to Canada and when they looked into it, they went mm. to the embassy and they were asking yeah. about it and they said, well, have you got any medical conditions? And my mum said, well, I'm diabetic. Mm. And the one thing that they would say is, well, no, you can't come in then because they don't want you to be a burden on the healthcare service. The healthcare service, because it's private, Which is, yeah. yeah. Which is why, like, a lot of, uh, lot of uh, people who like stirring up, like... Uh, and stuff, use that as a pivot to be like, oh, but well, what are these asylum seekers don't have to go through all these stringent requirements, right? Mm. Now, of course, we all know that's bullshit, right? Yeah. Because they do make sure that, you know, you have a legitimate claim before they, you know, allow you to, you know, seek asylum, right? It's pure war, war tabatism, pretty much. Yeah, basically, right? Yeah. If you have, like, a pretty good standard of living and you want a better standard of living elsewhere, you've got to at least be able to support yourself a little, right? Mm. <clears throat> yeah. To go Is from this... To go from this country to some countries where you can go to an incredible standard of living, like... To go from this country to, um... America, for example. Um, mm. Like, mm. we... I would have been living in America right now if it weren't for my dad backing out of the deal because mm. he uh, he uh, actually was accepted for a job in Texas for BAE Systems. Mm. Um, so all of us would have to move to Texas, to Fort Worth. Now, mm. that is all good and well and I was actually looking forward to it. I wanted to hear if he was going to get it or not or whatever. Yeah, um, I was about this in high school. Yeah, it was pretty much confirmed but he backed out of it. Mm. Um, however, if we were to sell our house here you get about 200 200 grand, something like that, and then to convert it to dollars, nearly 300. Mm. 300,000 pounds, especially in like Texas and the area we were looking at, we'll get you like a five bed detached house <laughs> yeah. with like four bathrooms um, in like the really nice neighborhood. Um, mm. With the money from your cars, you could buy like a Maserati. It was like <laughs> your standard of living is just incredible. Mm. If you go from this country to theirs, because stuff in that country is just, especially like housing and stuff, is just dirt cheap. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, the cost of living is a lot higher for not much better standard of living, though, yeah. in America mm. at least. Yeah. Um, New Zealand's a really good example of incredible standard of living. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Like, yeah, their welfare state is just incredible. Like, the amount of support like, you get from the state. They actually and, uh, have a good government, which, like, is fucking yeah. impossible in these uh, in these times, honestly. God bless the New Zealand Labour Party. <laughs> like, yeah. holy shit. Like, that, that is probably one of the most competent governments out there, right? Mm. Yeah. The thing is with uh, New Zealand is the population's that small. Having these changes is so much easier. Like their population, I've just looked at it now from 2018, is 4.7 million. Mm. And ours at that time was 67.89 million. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot harder to manage 67 million than it is for 4.7 million. Mm. Well, is it your argumentation based on resources they have to distribute to 67 million people versus yes. 4 million people? Pretty much, yeah. Di- distribution, management. Yeah. yeah, it might be easier to do that sort of stuff. But yeah, it might be easier to do that sort of stuff. However, they it will scale. They their economy will be their 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 population might be fifteen times smaller, but their economy will also be fifteen times smaller. Mm. So it's more about not about the population, but rather the way that the government uses it. Mm. Um, whereas our government put it all into offshore funds in the Cayman Islands. <laughs> yeah. Whereas theirs, they actually spend it on upgrading infrastructure and uh, giving money to people who need it and all that sort of stuff. Do you reckon it's a matter of like less corruption then in that case? 
Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Um, in a I'm smaller happy. community, I guess it's a lot harder to get away with something like corruption, right? Because um, yeah. think like small town politics. Sure, it's obviously a lot higher, but like comparative to other countries, right? Yeah. Yeah, like anything can happen in this country, and you've got one person running sixty million, or whereas over there you've got one person running four million. Yeah. So like round here, if if what someone does something wrong. Uh, like say the prime minister does something wrong, you're gonna have 30 million people saying yes, 30 million people saying no. Whereas over there, you probably get something like a, a more honest opinion, I guess. Mm. Um, it's really weird. Yeah, because uh, like the, we have so many like more media sources and stuff. Um, media is a big problem in this country. Yeah, like we have so many more media sources than say New Zealand does. So, one one newspaper or one company might say, "Oh yes, yeah, she's doing the right thing," and another one would say, "Say, oh no, she's doing the wrong thing." Mm. So it's all back and forth, and there's more disagreement in within yeah. larger sample population. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. Right, say an like... older population as well. Yeah. Right. Um. Moving mm. on. Uh, Overpopulation is a weird word because um, I think population density is the bigger problem we have in the UK anyway, rather than overpopulation because we have plenty mm. of empty land just lying around, even with the amount of people we like have. Like the green belt, yeah. It's just there's no fucking infrastructure there, right? Yeah, yeah. If you live out much. there, you've got nothing available to you, which is why everyone wants to move to a city so you have access to the things. But then everyone's doing that, right? Yeah. Which yeah, is yeah. ridiculous. It's not that there isn't cheap housing available, it's there's no cheap housing available <clears throat> near infrastructure. Yeah. I always make this argument with my parents and stuff, like, they don't seem to understand this. It's like, they're building houses, say, around where we live, you'll all be aware of it, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. they're building, building a hell of a lot of it, but they're not upgrading doctors, they're not, they're not making new schools, they're not doing anything like that, it's just... Mm. Who the yeah. fuck wants to move there, right? <laughs> yeah, however, I'll always have this argument with my parents, that uh, they'll always say... Oh, well, it's terrible, you know, uh, building more houses around here, all this sort of stuff. Uh, this government is, uh, this country is you know, populated and all this sort of stuff, destroying the green land. I was like, where in this country? You can't drive 100 miles in this country without meeting a forest or um, yeah. a large fields or farms or yeah. something along those lines. Like, we have so much, like, country mm. countryside and... So if you go to like Wales or Scotland, it's like ninety-five percent like open land. I think it's yeah. just like insulation, right? Um, if yeah. you live in an urban environment, you think everywhere, like subconsciously, you'll think most other places are just urban environments, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah. It, it's like so, it's like a level of cognitive dissonance, basically. Right? Until you see it yourself, you won't really believe it, kind of thing, right? Yeah. Because, like, I take it, uh, are your parents, like, super well-traveled, Matt? Like, do they go around the UK a lot? They go around the UK a lot, yeah. Um, so, but... like, would you say more, like, countryside areas or more just urban areas? Yeah, they prefer the countryside sort of stuff, but they'll still make the argument that That's obviously weird, too many then. Who... No, I don't yeah. get that, then. That is really odd. Mm. Yeah. Because, like, while I think we do have more urban land than urbanized land than countryside land, but, like, the percentage is fine. Mm. It's not to where it's up. we're not like China bad, right? <laughs> yeah. Or anything crazy like that. We're like we're not over I don't think we're over industrializing yet. Mm. Yet. Keep we'll get yet, there. Yeah. We'll get there probably just like um just with the way technological society works, right? Yeah. Everything will be over industrialized, even farming at some point, right? But yeah. so the urban no. landscape of England only accounts for around 10% of its oh, actual... Oh, really? Fuck, I guess yeah. I was wrong then. Holy shit. Um, we do have a low forestry cover, though. Like We have like one of the lowest percentage of woodland in uh, oh, Europe. Okay, Green Party. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> I think what, it's more that we just don't have the need for it, because we just import a lot of our wood resources. Yeah. And that's more meaningful like habitats for animals and that. I mean, it annoys me when people say you need to protect like the green belt and that. And I'm like, can we can we improve it? I mean there's there's barely any animals on just a plain field. Maybe there's like a natural forest. Shut up, you fit by diversity in there. 
Yeah. There was a field with a goat on it. I mean, there's plenty of different. There's plenty of like groups in the UK that are doing that, like creating biodiversity and stuff. But mm. trying, it's the. Uh, it's constantly fairly targets on it. It's very hard to uh, balance out all of that stuff. Like, it's a big balancing act in any country between everything. Well, yeah, mm. absolutely right. Because um, while we should look after our planet, I don't think that means we should like denigrate our own standard of living either. Yeah, right? yeah, no, I agree with you though. Yeah, don't don't like start like that's it don't don't start like destroying trees to create a new city well, like, but at the same know, time poor people or anything right we've seen a lot of these like culling type movies right mm. and they like to act like it solves anything well uh, in the words of scrooge just um was it something in the surplus population decrease the uh... yeah, decrease the surplus population <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, uh, it's a stupid idea right because you just have yeah. less people uh to do jobs that the people who think that kind of shit is a good idea, the jobs they don't want to do. They'll have less mm. people doing the, those jobs. In which you will have to yourself start doing those jobs. Mm. And would that then make you part of that lower class that needs to be cut down kind of thing, right? Yeah. It's fuck... That kind of politics is stupid as fuck, right? Yeah. Well, if you look at, like... Let's talk about like, urbanized areas. Oh, it's bad. Urban, or too much urbanization. Some people will argue, but I mean, like, have you ever been to like towns and cities at the moment? How many I'm closed trying. down no, no, shops no, no. there like, are? A lot of local councils are trying to like you know put more green into the their urban environments, right? Yeah. Although that is more just sort of a beautification attempt rather than you know. Yeah. Have you ever gone to like um? towns and cities now and all these shops that are shut down, buildings abandoned all this sort of stuff Oh yeah, plenty dude, I mean mm. Bolton's like probably one of the worst offenders for it yeah. fucking hell. Well, I don't know, have you been to deprived. Lee? It's such Jeez. a deprived place Yeah, oh, I was God. just like Nero and uh, Jake know what I'm talking about fucking hell, like you just feel like the Breaking Bad filter come on as soon as you enter yeah. the <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's literally why nobody's going to Bolton. You just don't want to go into Bolton Town Centre. It's just that decrepit and run down. There's nothing it's there. There's, there's no not... investment there. There's, it's there's, literally there's no Mordor. It's, the, it's Bolton, Mordor. Right? There's nothing. It's the Mordor. The looks of it aren't even the problem. It's just the atmosphere in that place is horrible, dude. It used to be yeah. okay when we were yeah. in college. It wasn't so much of a game. And... Especially yeah. like, like the, the Market the Street down there. there. Looked all right. Especially when they paid all the houses, made it a little bit more. A little bit more nice. It's mm. gone back to looking like shite there. Yeah. I'll say any place looks nicer than nice. You could start another debate on that one about how online, online sort of like um, online purchasing like shopping is. It's, yeah, is just taking destroying. over the high street. Yeah. Yeah. I will say to some degree, going out shopping is a completely different experience than ordering something online, though. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Like it is. It is. Fun is a stretch, but it's like. Because uh, that depends on, like, you know, who you go with, what your hobbies are, kind of thing, right? Mm. But it is a different experience to go in person and, like, go window shopping and stuff, right? Yeah. I'm or, like, you know, going into shop. a games workshop, right? Yeah. For using a uh, nerdy example, right? Mm. <laughs> like, go, games workshop's fun as fuck, especially when you go in, and they, they usually host events and stuff over there. Mm. Uh, right. Uh, I'm curious. Uh, have any of us covered what's going on in Ukraine? Uh, I mostly put this on Matthew because he loves <laughs> the stuff. Shoot, shoot, bang, bang. Yeah, yeah. I can uh, do it in the form of a, uh, in the form of a uh, Family Guy, um, Ollie sort of like news report. <laughs> do it. <laughs> What's going on in Ukraine, Ollie? Russia losing. Yeah, there you go. Done. Uh, but have you heard about uh, this nice little bridge? bridge? Crime, yeah. yeah. Yes. Oh. I remember no, talking about funny. it with somebody. How I thought, like, if you, the Ukrainian forces wanted to attack that bridge, it'd be a bad idea. Mm. It wouldn't be though. It's their bridge. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> the reason being, I said that right is sure. While it severs a lot of infrastructure, right, you run into twofold problems: severe retaliation because that bridge was quite important to Russia as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's happening and, uh, like, Kharkiv, isn't it? B, they're fucking bombed. over their own infrastructure for when the war stops, right? Mm. And it's the same yeah. problem with hitting infrastructure targets in general, right? Yeah. You risk greater retaliation from the enemy forces that hold it, right? Because, mm. you know, 
they're using that infrastructure, right? And they would need it for when they take over the land, vice versa. You also need that infrastructure yourself. Yeah. But, well, like, I... I can see why it'd be a good strategic target as well, right? Because, you know, they can't resupply as easy now. Well, I'm reading... I just read an article. I don't... I, I'm not saying I believe it or I don't, because I, I honestly have no idea. But the Ukrainians are not claiming that they did it. Mm. To be fair, even if they did, they wouldn't. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because no. like there are a lot of investors that would probably not like that. Yeah. Mm. It's a very fifty-fifty-one. I mean, I quite like that. It's a good thing that they've done it if they did do it or whatever. I mean, mm. it's just cutting off major logistical like lines again from Russia into Ukraine. So. I guess I'm thinking more bigger picture myself then, rather than just you know them actually needing to win. Oh no, you're not overthinking it. That is a pretty valid um, argumentation point to make. Like um, the retaliation from Russia is more likely to be worse. I mean, they they've immediately struck a um, civilian apartment building, right? They killed yeah, seventy people. Was wasn't that in Kharkiv? Or am I mistaken? No, it wasn't. Yeah, obviously it wasn't in the same area, right? So they could, but like it was in a uh, what's it called? Zap Zap something. While I don't have any evidence that that's a retaliatory strike, it very well could be, right? Mm. Because, like, Russia had laid off civilian targets for a while now. Yeah, but I mean... Little strikes on them, like this one. Mm. It's it's a very... It's a weird one. You've got to do what you've got to do in order to win a war and destroying their points of logistics. You can always rebuild stuff you break, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. You can't always rebuild stuff that breaks. That so to say that uh, back. about fifth, well, about ten minutes ago, um, <laughs> apparently sirens uh, have been sounding all over Ukraine. Ten minutes <laughs> ago, for uh, aerial threat, sirens sounded in every major city across Ukraine. Oh, well, towards the west, not the east. Towards so, the west. It's, it's, it's just, it's just. The, I hate the situation, man. It's really fucked. Yeah. Like. What were they hoping on getting out of this? That everyone would just be like, yeah, okay, fair enough? <laughs> and not get involved? I don't, I don't know. Like, uh, and, like, you've seen that, like, um, according to an anonymous... Uh, uh, like, according to, like, an anonymous insider, one of his Putin's inner circle proper had a go at him about it. Like, come on, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Didn't he get arrested or disappeared, quote-unquote? No, 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 he's part of his inner circle, so... Oh, like, right. Assuming, given he's one of his top advisors, you can get away with that shit, right? Yeah. But, like, uh, the, like there was an insider who's revealing this sort of information, basically. Mm. Like, he's, like, you know, just questioning the motive, really, at this point, because the motive isn't anymore, like, you know, quickly take over the land that belongs to us. You're fighting a full-scale war now, right? Yeah. It's going to be a lot harder to convince investors and business people to go along with this shit. Mm. And like, with them bringing back the draft, everyone is fucking leaving as well, right? Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they've started playing Escape from Tarkov IRL, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're all just fleeing Crimea as well, aren't they? So. Yeah, like, it, I mean, it's, it's, wouldn't. this isn't good for anybody anymore. It's not even good for Russia anymore. Who cares if they fucking take it? They're gonna they're gonna have a ridiculous amount of rebels in their own territory for ages. So all the infrastructure's fucking damaged. What are you taking over? More fucking land that you can't use. Isn't that ninety percent of your country already? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you're gonna be wasting what money on ta- ta- taxpayers' money on uh, keeping these regions together. If they wanted more land, you probably could have just spent the money to develop the fucking frozen tundra that you own, and it would have cost you less than whatever the fuck this is costing you now, right? Yeah. Way this too is much. Putin. He, 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 he believes in this brilliant uh, paper he wrote that um, Ukraine doesn't exist and it just belongs to Russia, because uh, they have common heritage, quote-unquote, or whatever he wrote in that stupid uh, Like article. I said, his motivations don't mean shit anymore. It's costing him too much money. I, I yeah. don't understand why he's putting his foot down. He must really have gone senile, right? Yeah. Because it's not saying human would keep going with this. Yeah. No. Very much. Yeah. It, he's, he's, <laughs> a, he's a strange Don. He's a strange Donny. Yeah. Um, they've started attacking um, 
all the areas, like especially like Kharkiv and stuff like that, they've started attacking around there again through Russia itself. Um, or they're trying to. They're, they're shelling that area. Mm. Yeah. So you could see them probably like break. You might be able to break. <laughs> Russia might be able to like break off and uh, start attacking through different points. Maybe even try another lightning attack towards Kiev again. Yeah. Um, it's like a little blitzkrieg sort of play. It'd be a good distraction. It'd be a good play, but I don't think that uh, the Russian military or leaders have the brain in order to pull off a war. So, yeah. or and even honestly, tactics. right? They don't so. have clear logistical lines. No. Mm. That's one of the good things that what, what Ukraine have been doing is have just been absolutely destroying any form of lines of logistics hmm. um, even if it's inside Russia it's just destroying any logistics lines they can yeah and then there's a the whole annexation ploy as well which is just for political <laughs> domestic uh, morale boosting pretty much in hopes of uh, oh wow we annex these territories it's gonna this war's going great for us guys literally like they don't even hold 90% of whatever the hell they annexed <laughs> Like, yeah, you know, no, they don't. They don't hold. They're never. It's never going to be thingy, is it? Like, yeah, valid. Yeah, it's the same with Crimea. Still, it's like sure, it's de jure part of um, Ukraine, which like in law it's part of Ukraine, but de facto is under Russia. Like, no one recognizes it in international law. It doesn't make any difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think if if Ukraine get towards winning this war, they'll they'll probably. I mean, that bridge. That supposedly been attacked. To be honest, needs to be removed yeah. completely. Be removed if, if, um, if Ukraine want any hopes of say taking back Crimea after, um, after this whole war is over, which I think they should. They should carry on and go down. Mm. They need to completely destroy that bridge, regardless of how expensive it was or investors or anything like that, it needs to be gone. Because that is just a direct link, trains and cars yeah. straight into Ukraine through Russia. So it doesn't serve any other purpose other than that, especially at the moment. So. Yeah. It's just a bridge to resupply into Crimea. Yeah, much. yeah. Logistics, yeah. And the Crimea's just a forward operating base to try and take Kharkiv pretty much or hold it at least. Yeah, and then uh, yeah. well, Kherson was Kharkiv on the other side, yeah. yeah. And then they're pretty much going to uh, probably try and take Odessa at this rate. You know, got more, Putin's got more bodies they, to throw at it. So, they have; yeah. they're nowhere near Odessa, and they never will be. Uh, there's no way for them to get anywhere near it at the moment. The only mm. way to get anywhere near it would be to go all the way around Mykolaiv, whatever that is. Um, or you could navally all... invade it, but that's going to be costly. They could navally invade it, but. It's it's in open open water in it, so <laughs> yeah. And that that whole that whole part of the sea um, is going to be completely occupied by NATO forces at this point because it's surrounded by NATO allies. So yeah, Turkey's there. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, uh, hmm. wow, we've really exhausted all our topics. We're on the last one, lol. Uh, <laughs> Overwatch two. Not played it. Uh, <laughs> Really? Has no one here no. played it? Wow. Uh, what's this? Overwatch 2. Overwatch um, I've 2. played a little bit with Nathan, and mm. uh, the RNG element of teammates went up a lot more. It's a lot more... It's easier to get pissed off at the game, because um, <laughs> right. you're relying on one tank, and if that one tank is horrible, it's you lose. And especially... Right competitive game modes, the quality has just dropped immensely, right? Because if your tank doesn't pick a shield tank, you're at an inherent disadvantage. Mm. So, like, so what mm. if they changed? Like, I know they got rid of 6v6 for 5v5 by dropping a tank. Uh, 5v5, healers have regen now, and they boost, the, like, so if they're out of combat for a bit, they heal. Right. Uh, they boosted healers' defenses and base stats a little bit, so they're tankier, so it makes mm. Brigida more powerful, but she's so far out of the meta, it doesn't matter. They've added three new characters. Uh, what, Junk Junker Queen, Junker Queen, Shoujun, whatever she's called in the and, now. And uh, Kiriko. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, Kiriko's quite fun, very similar to Mora in that she is, like, uh, DPS. Off, she's an off healer. Yeah. You can do a lot of damage, but she's got really good movement ability. So while right. 
shift, right? She's got she can teleport to allies in range, and mm-hmm. it's at about the same cooldown, right? I'm so not while, sure if you guys played Overwatch left. one, but like yeah. I played the hell out of that game. <laughs> oh yeah, I played it yeah. for tons. I mean, I had a lot of problems when they announced Overwatch two. I was going to say that if they were going to make it a paid game, it would have flopped quicker than yeah. Cyberpunk. Quick. I mean, I mean, the thing is, it's still not good, right? If you want to unlock uh, the new character, which is Kirito, right? Mm. Uh, you have to hit level, like, you have to get halfway through the battle pass, which has a hundred tiers, right? Uh, you have to play three games minimum to go up one tier, and that's at, like, level one to three. Yeah. You literally have to pay, play upwards of, I don't know, uh, 1,500 games. They, the, they, they've added. They've, going. they've um, made if it. You didn't have the original game. You ha- you have to earn all the base game base Overwatch one characters. You have to earn them through that system as well, mm. unless you had the game previously. It is very stupid. That I mean, what they've done is they've they've had to make it free because there would have been a backlash if they didn't make it free. Because it's all it is is an update to the first Overwatch. There's nothing and it's different a in that money sense. grab as well. Um, yeah. So you can't earn currency for skins anymore. You have to buy it. That's yeah, they've stupid. added in order in order to get out of the backlash of making it a paid game because it's just an update. They've added a little buttload of microtransactions. They've essentially mm. done what I like to call an EA. Yeah, and, and just... not even EA has ever been this bad. That you can at least yeah. play the game and earn cosmetics in an EA game, right? Yeah, yeah, by grinding. Yeah, and like, I wouldn't say EA has a reasonable grind, but it's more reasonable than this. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Like um, like I say, the new Assassin's Creed games are a, a horrible example of uh, EA microtransactions gone wrong, but in a very different way, because um, EA microtransactions currently are a lot more pay for convenience, right? And if you and they'll punish you if you don't pay for that extra convenience, right? They make yeah. you grind because you didn't pay, kind of thing, right? Whereas this is, um, they'll just put a ridiculous grind objective, or you can pay money to get rid of it, right? There's a very mm. slight difference here, but this is more just like, from the get-go on with Overwatch 2. Basically, yeah. the same. you won't be able to have skins if you don't play. Whereas EA is more like, you'll be able to do this, we'll just make it completely unreasonable so you'll feel like you want to play. Mm. Which, you can vote on which is more scummy. I personally think the Overwatch 2 is more scummy because it just doesn't let you do the thing. I mean, the only reason we got Overwatch 2 was because they couldn't balance the game properly in the first place. I mean... I mean, making it 5v5 immediately just made it a worse game because it's not unique in that respect anymore. Every yeah, game... because every, every game, game is 5v5, 5v5, yeah. And, like I said, they've made non-shield tanks in comp fucking useless. Mm. What the fuck is a Roadhog gonna do versus, like, a Sigma, right? Yeah. What the He's gonna do versus I mean, right. This is someone who mains Sigma. Like, he's a must pick. Like, because um, of the shield mean, no. barrier, pretty much. Re- like with Arissa's rework, right? She's fucking great. Hell, mm. she wasn't even that bad before. She just didn't have a high pick rate, and now, like, they've fixed all the problems that led to her having a low pick rate, right? And like, I played a lot of Arissa in Overwatch one, so it's annoying they've changed her. But like, I can figure mm. that shit out, right? It's but, just. Yeah. I, I don't get why they made that decision at the very least. Every other decision I can sort of understand. Like, didn't it all start with the Brigitte introduction in Overwatch 1, pretty much? And it all just went downhill from there. And then they added the Rolocks as well. I mean, Brigitte is still trash. Like, completely useless. Yeah. Like, Brigitte is because everyone when she was OP when, when she came out on release, right? In Overwatch 1. So they had to do something about it. By design, she's a character that can't be strong. Mm. Uh, just at all. If, if Brigitte is ever, ever is ever strong in the meta, something is wrong. Yeah. Because she's very much a Feast of Famine character. In the right environment, right? Mm. She will be played every single game. Yeah. And, then, and it's why yeah. a lot of people complain about healers like Moira or, hell, even Kirika, right? Mm. They're annoying, but they, they will not have, like... They don't have as much of a variation. They will always be good. Yeah. They will never be like subpar. Broken. Yeah. But they'll they'll never be like a giga omega broken. But they'll never be subpar either. They'll always be good, right? Mm. Whereas like um, Zen is entirely a skill champion. So 
Baptiste is also always good because of the immortality field and that alone hmm. uh, shuts down a lot of burst comps. Uh, Anna's good paired with uh, Anna's good utility and like paired with a good DPS. You nano boost them, right? Yeah, pretty much wipe an entire team, right? Hmm. Um, Mercy, I don't need to say anything. <laughs> Just pocket, yeah. Literally. Basic, basic, dude. Like you will always. She's a main healer. You will always have top healing. So Overwatch Two is basically if they actually balanced Overwatch One properly, which they could have just done. It's not balanced. <laughs> I'm gonna disagree with you there. They, if anything, I'd argue they made the game more imbalanced. Honestly, um, mm. Sojourn, the new DPS, uh, his charge shot can one shot pretty much anybody. This isn't. I don't even think this is an all ability, and he has multiple shots of it. It just straight up kills you. Oh, his right click, yeah. It just kills you from full HP. If he hit, dead. Oh, well, if she hits you, dead. And doesn't he have like high amounts of like damage per second as well because of the railgun in general? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like the Junker Queen and Kiriko, decently balanced, right? But yeah. I've not seen some like top level play. Sojourn is just complete fucking bullshit. Mm. It's like if Soldier's Grenade just killed you. Flat. It's almost like Blizzard doesn't know how to balance for crap for the life of them. Like, literally. Yeah. And, like, Reinhardt is still the most broken piece of shit in the world. Um, he yeah. can hold two fire strikes now. Why? They upped his damage, and of course he got the standard tank buff, so his shield has <sighs> more HP, and he has more HP as well. Um, he, he two shots pretty much every uh, squishy. You <sighs> should die. And like I'm talking like squishy, as in you don't have 250 health, you just fucking die if he swings at you twice, and then fire strike does 100 damage flat. You get hit by two of those, you die as well. Hell yeah! Um, you can control this charge better now, so it's like a scion ult instead of just straight lines. I mean, so you can drift around corners and catch people. I think the only thing I liked about Overwatch 2 was the oh, what, the new oh, game modes, oh, the push done. or whatever. That was I'm not done. Oh. You know, Reinhardt shatter strike his ult. Yeah. It has a bigger range. Why? Why? And it does more damage as well. Oh, God. They can hit you with it and slap you once and you die. So I'll take away from this is it's pretty much just a downgrade of Overwatch 1, and it's it worse. It is just a worse game. And, like, because it's a free-to-play game, hackers and stuff like that's going to be infinitely more of a problem. Yep. And I mean, uh, Con was all to tell. I mean that uh, because of all the like the porn parodies of Overwatch, oh, uh, they've encrypted all of their ca- all of their character models. Nice. So instead of spending <laughs> oh. time making the game good, they've wasted time with useless things like that. Because they'll break the encryption anyway and get your character models. Yeah. Right. But you know they're more worried about that kind of thing than their game itself. Nice. Actual like morons. Oh, God. Right. And trust me, the only reason I'm playing is because my friends play. Uh, yeah, I'm not same. playing because I'm on my own. I literally, someone just mentioned it in this server, Overwatch 2, and I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll play it, I guess. You know, but yeah, I digress. I, I, know I was playing a relationship with Overwatch to begin with. It was always just, I'll play it, I guess. Yeah. It never was my favorite game, and like, this just kind of solidified that right it won't ever be my favorite game now <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh hmm i'm wondering what other topics we can cover if you guys have anything in general we can add uh, yeah. i'd like to talk to you about our lord and savior omega strikers oh uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a very interesting take on like a uh one of it's like so you have like MOBA esque characters, right? Mm. So you have a character, they have four abilities, um, which is your basic attack, and then you have your free actual abilities, which do And then stuff, once right? you're old, right? But it's that but it's an ice hockey game. Oh. <laughs> so an, an like, ice hockey got, game. So you've got all of the like interactions with your abilities hitting the ball. You could also knock each other out of the ring, which puts you on a little respawn timer. <laughs> um, you can do damage to each other and break your stance, which makes it easier to knock you around. Uh, and then, like, 
with the abilities, right, it adds that extra layer to the game. So, like, you can create a lot of... There's some abilities, like, create terrain. You can, like, block locations off, so it's harder to get the ice hockey puck in and stuff like that. Mm. It's really fast-paced as well, right? Uh, so, like, I don't know. I think, I think like, for me personally, I find it to be a very good mix of, like, strategy and just mechanical skill a little bit, right? Yeah. Anyway, so, um, yeah. Definitely check it out if you have already. Because it's Omega free Strikers. on Steam. It's free on Steam. It's free on Steam. Completely free on Steam. Really? Omega Strikers. Oh, damn. Yeah. Okay. Anime as well, lol. Uh, it'll be, uh, it'll be up your alley if you play it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else? Uh, hmm. I'm not sure anyone here cares about F1. I will probably just do a separate podcast for F1. Lol. (laughs) Next week. Yeah. Well, Max Verstappen, world champion, once again. Uh... (laughs) No. And I. I have no comment on this one. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Uh, might as well leave it there. There's not much to add, mm-hmm. and we've hit an hour, I think. So, <laughs> yeah, bye. I live through existential dread. The fuck was that, by the way? <laughs>